Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thank you so much for listening. My guest today is Jessica Blotter. Before we get to Jessica, I want to give some announcements. First and foremost, thank you for writing in. Those of you who've asked questions about the places I went the past month, whether it's Belgium, France, Mallorca, whatever it is, if you've got questions about any of those places, write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com, and I'll try to help you out. Maybe you're going to one of those places. I don't consider myself a quote-unquote expert. But I can give uh, some advice if you are going to any of those places. So uh, shoot me a letter. TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Our website, of course, is TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there. Check out photos of our guests, links to all their social media, and links to our social media as well. There's also articles uh, that I've written and some of the guests have written. But our links to the social media, that is, of course, Instagram, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter, and our Facebook page, Travel Tales Podcast. Give us a like and a follow on all those. And there's also links to subscribe to us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes. And if you're on iTunes, please give us a good rating. That helps people find the show, and it boosts our presence there, so that's cool. So I appreciate that. And now let's get to our guest. Jessica Blatter has uh, started a website called KindTraveler.com, and what it does is basically uh, helps out local charities wherever you may be traveling. I know a lot of us go to places around the world. We might stay in, in a place where the locals could never afford in their entire lifetime. Poverty is everywhere around the world, and uh, Jessica saw this. And uh, decided to do something about it. A lot of us talk a big game, but she actually did something about it. She started a company where you can, say, book a hotel uh, somewhere around the world. And you can donate money to whatever local charity that hotel deems worthy of. And it's uh, animal rights. There's children's organizations. All sorts of stuff that she'll talk about. But for your donation, you will get a uh, a special rate on that hotel room or whatever. And the money... The extra money that you decide to donate will go straight to that charity. So you're traveling, you're getting a good deal on something, and you're also giving back to the community that you travel to. So it's all really cool, and it's uh, a great idea. So I'm all for it. It's called Kind Traveler, and we're going to talk about uh, starting the business, uh, what inspired her to start the business, and uh, who she is. You'll get to know her. So please welcome the charming and talented entrepreneur, Jessica Blotter. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you. The, for I know it was a little me. haul from the uh, the bright lights of uh, Topanga Canyon, the woods of Topanga. Yeah, you're yeah. out there with the deer and uh, what else do you see out there? Rac- Coyotes. You got to see a lot. Yeah. Uh, I actually uh, acquired a small farm when I moved there. I have... Um, I Intentionally? Or? Yeah, intentionally. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have a background in uh, animal rescue. And when I moved there, there was a bunny 
a turkey and two chickens that <laughs> needed a home. <laughs> right. And I happened to have a yard and a space. And my, my dad's a builder. And he said, well, let me just build you a, a chicken coop and a bunny coop. And he <laughs> built these, like, mansions for oh. them. Yeah, they're like, they're like doll houses, but for these creatures and i absolutely adore it you know, if your dad is bored yeah i got some work around the house i could maybe use him for yeah he's how old, far he's away is well he's in san diego well, that's not too bad yeah so so <laughs> it's yeah i mean i've never and plus we have um four cats in addition to that oh you got, so a, you got a real farm we going have eight there. animals <laughs> oh eight total oh my gosh so when people think topanga farm you know topanga canyon has its own rep so they're thinking probably oh she's grown weed right <laughs> Possibly. Is it as hippie as they say out in Topanga Canyon? It definitely is. I mean, there's a lot of old, older hippies there. I love there. that, though. Yeah. And I think there's a mantra for, for the community of Topanga that's about um, respecting and loving nature. And so I think there tends to be true nature enthusiasts <laughs> living there. I mean, you kind of have to be to live there in general, which I certainly am. So so you're from San Diego originally? Originally from Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah, from Pittsburgh. And All then right. I went to school in Arizona. Um, then Arizona State? Arizona State. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. See, where I grew up in Chicago, if, if people wanted to, could leave the state. That was like the big party That's school they, they went to Arizona to State, or mm-hmm. if they wanted to ski, they all went to Boulder. Mm-hmm. Those were the two like out of state places. Well, yeah, I mean, from Pennsylvania, it's completely different. I mean, palm trees, and that's a very foreign concept coming from Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but I stayed out there. Um, I actually got my master's in education out there, and then I moved to San Diego as a teacher. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I taught for a number of years, and then. Um, I transitioned into like the media world, which actually brought me up to LA, and that was in 2008. When you say transition to the media world, were you like mm. as a performer or as an oh. on-camera person? Well, or yeah, were you I behind should clarify. The yeah, so uh, some of my friends that I would actually went to college with started a print publication called 944 Magazine. A print? Yeah. I remember print. Yeah. Do you remember 944 I- Magazine? Kind of. Yeah, so they ended up launching in 10 markets, but when they were still in their early stages, they were launching San Diego. And uh, at the time, I was I was looking for just to spread my wings a little bit more. I liked teaching, but I knew it was a career I could always go back to if I wanted. And uh, one of my friends asked me if I wanted to help in the, the sort of development and launch of the San Diego market. So I just, I totally jumped ship, I had no experience, <laughs> and, and I, I took a job in advertising and um, sort of worked my way up to become the associate publisher there, and then um, moved to L.A. to um, help with their L.A. market efforts. Are they still around? Or they no, uh... they had a 10-year run, which is pretty long for a print publication. They eventually became a digital publication, too. Right. But then it was like in 2008 when Everything the crashed. economic recession, everyone pulled their ad dollars and, you know, it didn't quite work out. But So when did the idea for uh, The Kind Traveler start? Where did so, that come from? Yeah, so that was in 2012 was when the idea was born. But I felt that really it had been kind of brewing in the background for many, many years before that. But like sort of it all kind of came to a point in 2012 when my partner and I, we went on a cruise – or I'm sorry, we, we, went, we went to Belize. It was um, – we were on a cruise. It was one of the stops on the cruise. <laughs> oh, oh the, uh, you went to Belize? Yeah. You had to stop in like Ambergris Key or uh, was it – I went to Calker, Key Calker. 
Yeah, no, it was we just went to like the the port. The mainland? Yeah. Oh, okay. The mainland, yeah. And we were we were on a bus, a school bus with a bunch of other travelers. We were heading to the Mayan ruins. We we're going to do some caving. And it was this pretty long bus journey. We was we were on the bus for about an hour and a half and we were going through like deep back roads, like through the jungle, but uh, there was a, quite a lot of poverty, and we we hadn't been really so used to seeing, um, you know, a lot of just there was a lot of emaciated dogs running around everywhere. There's trash all over, which was very disappointing. And then you see like, you know, shacks for homes, women uh, laundering their clothes in the in the river, but with trash like floating by while they are washing and. The bus, like, was it was crickets on the bus. I mean, it was just like nobody had said a word. Everyone, I think, was pretty shocked, and they no one was really expecting to see that. And I mean, I was just looking out the window thinking, like, how am I supposed to get excited about like visiting these Mayan ruins and going caving when there's just kind of a lot of poverty around us? And I'd been really involved in animal rescue at the time, um, I've been an animal lover my whole life, and I had been working with some charities as um, a volunteer and kind of in that world. And my head was in that world. And uh, something happened on the bus. Um, it stopped. And it was our last chance to grab snacks or water at this little local convenience store. We got off the bus and these rib protruding dogs like walked up to us just like begging for food. And instinctually, I was like, well, let's feed them. So I, I went into the store, bought a bunch of dog food, came out to feed the dogs. And uh, more and more dogs kept coming out of the woodwork to eat. And I looked up and all the other travelers on the bus were like walking out of the convenience store with bags of dog food too. So I, we like unintentionally inspired these other travelers on the bus to feed the dogs. And there's sort of like this moment of like happiness that had filled the air. Like once we got back on the bus, um, the sentiment had completely changed. Like it was just this sense of, you know, like we didn't save the day, but we did something. We didn't just ignore them. And there was this little bit of just joy and fulfillment and sort of just some sense of peace knowing that we just – we tried to do what we could with the resources that we had in that moment. But it, that feeling kind of stuck with me for a long time. And, you know, everyone on the bus was thinking the same thing, but it was just they needed a catalyst to do something. And I think they saw us doing it and they wanted to participate too. And so it was this idea of a catalyst, like, you know, and it got me thinking. Um, I had also been um, a travel writer at the time, um, writing for uh, just contributing to a number of different outlets. So I was also sort of in this space of travel, giving back. And that moment, you know, that feeling kind of just stuck with us. And we, we thought, you know, how could we create a catalyst for travelers to benefit the communities that they travel to or perhaps give back in a way that was meaningful to them? And, you know, we, we, we started thinking about how we could do that. And that's really where Kind Tra like the idea of Kind Traveler was born. Oh, wow. So that was 2012. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... I've been to a lot of countries and around the world, as you have, and um, poverty is a real common thing, mm -hmm. and some you know, worse than others, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, do you take a smaller focus and go, okay, we're going to work in this region, or we're going to start in our backyard, and then we're going to move down to, let's like, say, Central America, or uh, how does it a worldwide organization? And so basically, first of all, we should say what, the, what you do 
Mm, I mean, what, what, what kind of traveler, traveler does. Yeah. <laughs> so that was how it started. Yeah. So basically, what does it do now? Where are you at now? Yeah. So as an overview, uh, kind travelers. So our mission is to transform travelers into a financial force that benefits the well-being of communities, animals, and the environment. And the way that we do that is through a give and get hotel booking platform where travelers give to local or global charities on the platform. And then as a reward for their donation, they get exclusive hotel rates. And 100% of those donations go back to the local and global charities on the platform. So if you're traveling to Miami, for example, uh, one of our hotels in Miami is One Hotel South Beach. We partner every hotel with a local charity in its community. Um, and then we have our global network of charities for those people that are just perhaps like really passionate about, say, children or animals. They have a very cause-specific uh, mentality when it comes to giving. So can people give even if they're not traveling and you know build up a, a like a points account that maybe later in well, on? <laughs> um, they like credits or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they, they can certainly give without getting. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, nobody, nobody objects yeah. to that. <laughs> and then um, in a later phase, um, we have come up with a way to gamify giving, giving um, where once you give uh, so much, it will unlock certain rewards um like maybe if you've given like uh, you know more than a thousand dollars you might win a dinner with richard branson or just something like (laughs) you know like that i mean or a to me luggage or you know whatever you know kind of gifts we can give to motivate people so you come up with the concept it's a great concept thank you i really appreciate it but do they do you start locally do you say you come back to uh la and you say okay we're going to start here with some local hotels and businesses yeah so like what do we start with basically yeah how do do you get this off the ground so right so like i said the idea was in 2012 and we had to map it out uh, give like preliminary designs. We had to we had to find a web development team that wanted to take this project on with our very like limited budget that we had to work with. Because at the end of the day, we're just a couple entrepreneurs um, at at the time. <laughs> and yeah. um, so once we found a team, we interviewed like ten different teams. But it was really important for us to find people that connected with the mission. And they really like every team member, everybody we work with. They really one of the things that that seems to really work is when we find people whose heartstrings are just truly connected like they just deeply down inside have this desire to want to make a difference in the world and when we find those kind of people that things just sort of gel together and that's where the magic happens (laughs) so we found a team we got pretty far along with them um for we worked with them for about a year uh, and then they just kind of we kind of hit a point in the road where the 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 booking reservation side of the you know hospitality world can be very complex, and they're like you know you're going to need a specialist for this. Like we are not like you know reservation system specialist, and so we had to find another team halfway through and bring them in, and that certainly slows you down a little bit, um, but. On that note, just to clarify, one of the unique things about Kind Traveler is that the the booking actually takes place on the hotel's website. So when you give a donation, a minimum $10 per night, you get the exclusive hotel rate, and the final booking takes place with the hotel. 
And the reason and the way that we sort of did this is to create like true alliances with these hotels. Like we're not trying to, you know, be another Expedia and like compete for the booking. We are, you know, creating real cause relationships with the the hotel so that they in turn feel proud about the partnership and share it um, on their platform. So I want to stay in the hotel, say in Miami. Yeah. I go to your website Mm -hmm. and book it through you. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like a, the, the portal we that are. goes through. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. And if say, okay, let's pick a number. It's uh, $120 a night. Yeah. And you can offer it at 100 Sure. And that extra 20 goes to the charity. Or something like that? Or? Kind of like that. Well, see, so you give up front. The traveler gives the donation. We really wanted to put the giving. We wanted to empower the traveler with the the actual giving side of it rather than just like, oh, yeah, somewhere along the line, my dollars give back. We wanted the traveler to know that they were the ones giving. So once you give, it unlocks the exclusive rate that we've negotiated. And so then they go and book directly with that exclusive rate. Now, if I give a higher amount, say I give $100 to the charity mm-hmm. – uh, would my rate for the hotel be lower than if I gave twenty five to the charity? Not at this time. Um, that you know, possibly will be something that we'll integrate in the future. But right now, it's it's you give ten dollars and then you unlock the exclusive rate per night. Okay. So ten dollars per night. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. Um, so I guess I kind of like went on a little side rail because you yeah. asked me like, well, where did we start in LA? Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I know no, I'm, I'm okay. going all over the place, but yeah. Um, so who were your first clients? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we, uh, as a, as a travel writer, I'd been um, doing some stories for the boutique lodging association, and the stories were on the B two B side. So I was going to these hospitality conferences um, and in really like listening in on what was going on in the industry, what were the trends. And one of the stories she assigned me was um, to identify like the 10 trends in the industry by interviewing the top 10 leading hotel CEOs in the boutique and lifestyle hospitality space. So I was like, okay, that sounds like fun. I'll do that. (laughs) And she's like, oh, by the way, I'll put you in touch with them. And, you know, you can do the interview. So one of my first interviews was with Virgin Hotels, the CEO of Virgin Hotels, uh, which Richard Branson started. And um, the CEO, obviously Virgin Hotels philosophy is very much rooted in giving back. And, uh, we sort of very much connected, and I, I told the CEO, his name's Raul Leal, um, about Kind Traveler, and he was like, well, I definitely want to learn about this when, when you guys are closer to launching, because we were just early in development at that point. And so soon enough, when we had our our decks prepared mm-hmm. and we had everything ready to go, he was the first person that I reached out to, and um, he happened to be in town for a a conference and I went to the conference and we got to meet in person and I showed him the platform and he's like, we need to be on here. And so they were our first client and their first hotel is in Chicago actually. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And so they've been, that launched now for about a year. So is it um, mainly hotels or do you, you work with uh, airlines and like rental cars and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff too? Yeah. So we're starting with uh, hotels and unique properties. Uh, so mainly boutique and lifestyle hotels. We will add some bed and breakfast types of properties, unique like glamping types of locations. But our core is really focused on the hospitality world. Um, 
More we, private owners than like giant, like Hyatt or some giant yeah. corporation? Well, you know, the big box uh, hotels were not as focused on, but a lot of them have a, um, a lifestyle arm, so to speak. So like the Ondas, for, for example, is Hyatt's like lifestyle uh, hotel. And we find that with the lifestyle brands, they're very much more focused on real neighborhood and more grassroots initiatives. And so there's just a little bit more resiliency between the, you know, the, the type of partner that they right. are and who we want on the platform. Cause like an international chain, I like, I'm just picking Hyatt as an example. Mm-hmm. They would probably, if they have a charitable arm would probably go to a big giant and not a local, you know what I mean? They would probably go to like yeah. the Red Cross. Yeah. And then it wouldn't be like a locally focused. It's a kind little of thing. bit trickier. Yeah. The the lifestyle boutique hotels are definitely more focused on local local impact, local integrations and how to bring the experience of being local into their hotel. So it seems to work really well. And the the local partners charity partnerships are really, really exciting to see how um you know, for example, with Virgin um, they were the kind of the new kids on the block at the time. It was the very first Virgin Hotel. And there was a um, charity that they were interested in working with called Donda's House, who uh, supports inner city youth with um, arts and music education programs. It's in actually, Chicago. In Chicago, yeah. My hometown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually founded by Kanye West's mother. Oh. And, um, and anyways, they, they literally were doing business on the same block practically, but they had never been, they, they, they had never been introduced. So we went in and introduced them and, uh, put some specific initiatives in place so that both partners could promote each other and kind traveler. And, uh, so now that's their local charity. So when you go to Virgin hotel on kind traveler platform, you'll see the local charity highlighted. You'll get to learn a little bit about them. Um, we use this metric of like what $10 can do throughout. So you'll get to see like what specifically $10 can do to benefit the community or that specific charity. Um, or, you know, you can give to one of a, a favorite cause that you might have and pick from one of our global charities, which are sort of divided up between like community focus, animal welfare and environment. Okay. Well, that's yeah. cool. Well, yeah. how many different um, countries are you into now? So we're launching in the U.S., Mexico, and Caribbean. So we have a total of 10 different markets or cities that we have hotels in. Um, so we have a total of, of 20 hotels or 20, yeah, 20 hotels that we're going to be launching with. Okay. So it's, it's not as big as we'd like, but honestly, we've been <laughs> well, in development for I mean, so many years that if we continue to add more and more hotels, we might be in another year of pre-launch and we just, right. we can't do that. So, so what is the major, the, the giant launch? Yeah. So we just confirmed the date and it's, it's out in public at this point and uh, we can't turn back. And so it's actually, it's August 2nd of okay. this year, 2016. All right. Well, so that's great. like a month. Exactly. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> August 2nd. Um, yep. So and it's, um, this is a big time for you. Uh, what are you hoping? Yeah. I know you wanted to take off, but what do you, for the, like the first year, what are, you, mm-hmm. what are your goals for after the launch, mm-hmm. a year after the launch? Well, we'd like to, in order for us to, I mean, obviously we have to grow in phases, but uh, we'd like to, as far as like numbers, like we'd like, we're looking to have at least 100,000 users uh, on the site by the end of year one. 
um, is what we'd like to do. And we're really trying to grow our e-news list. Um, we kind of know that you know, newsletter marketing and kind of retargeting back on Facebook and Instagram and other social media outlets will be like one of our core strategies. So obviously being an online product, we have to like spend a lot of time in in places where people are online. And Mm -hmm. one of the things... Doing highly successful podcasts. (laughs) Exactly. Um, but yeah, one of the things that we're doing at launch is we've we've come up with a mega giveaway that we're we're giving away. Oh, do tell! What are yeah, we giving away here? Yeah, yeah, a well, contest. I it, love a good it contest. Is, yeah, so it, it's not it's not live yet, but it'll be live <laughs> um, the day that we launch, and uh, we're still confirming our partners. But we're going to be giving away a two person cruise, Fathom Cruise, to the Dominican, which is a social impact cruise. Yes, um, and uh, which host- you and many of friends of the show yes, just that's did. Right. Yeah, we did. Spencer Spellman, Justin Walter. Rachel Rudwall. Rachel Rudwall. And uh, yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, we went on the inaugural cruise. Lisa Niver was on there as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, um, they are doing a pretty amazing thing. It was really cool for us to be a part of that because they kind of spelled out the intersection of social impact and travel to those maybe who had been skeptical about, well, how do, how do these two worlds connect? You know, and um, on the boat, she had um, the author of a book called The Purpose Economy, um, which uh, is a best-selling book that really talks about the science and the theory behind like this new breed of businesses called social enterprises, benefit corps, um, but it talks about like this this future of uh, sort of a, a, a humane economy, so to speak, or a purpose driven economy. And uh, even though we had done so much research on this before, obviously in like starting a business in this space, going on that cruise after we had built everything and just having everything kind of reaffirmed that we were on the right path and you know this is this is the future of travel it, it was just a really really special moment and for people who don't know fathom cruises their whole philosophy is you're going to travel to places where you do some work within the community right and give back yeah so right now they're just traveling to the dominican and um the volunteer experience is sort of integrated into the cruise and they have very specific partners uh, there that um, you can you can pick through a variety of different activities you can go you can teach English in the local schools or in people's homes um, they know that when um, when students learn English and they, they can adopt the language uh, from actual Americans that um, the, the the success rate for those students is much higher you know they, they have a much better chance of getting a good job and so they're they're creating like real impact it's very important meaningful work that they're doing um, and so travelers walk away feeling like they've truly benefited the community in a very deep way and they also walk away feeling a huge benefit for themselves too so um, there's a variety of things that, to get involved with um, you can help a local women's uh, co-op. Uh, it's a chocolate um, cho- uh, women-owned chocolate business, essentially. <laughs> and you can go in there and help them produce more chocolate, which stimulates the economy, but also learn how chocolate is made and produced and you get hands-on with it, actually, like, with the chocolate. So it's it's pretty cool. That's a great idea. Yeah. So yeah. you – the big launch is August 2nd. Uh, but you have been online 
already, right? I mean, well, we launched our social media about a year ago, and we have a splash page up that kind of tells you about the project right now, kindtraveler.com. But, um, you know, our, our tests, our, our site is in beta and it's a, it's a private right now. I mean, okay. you need a password to get in. Okay. Yeah. So we haven't seen yet uh, the, uh, none of the charities have gotten the money yet. No, no, okay. we haven't actually started fundraising yet. Obviously, when the site is live, that will all begin. So uh, give us a handful of the charities when, when people go August 2nd mm-hmm. that they can give to, that yeah. like an idea. So if you're an animal lover, um, you'll find the Gentle Barn on there, which is a farm animal sanctuary here in L.A., and they just opened up a Tennessee location. Uh, you'll also find uh, one of the biggest wildlife conservation charities called Wild Aid. Uh, you'll also have Animal Defenders International as one of our animal-focused charities. On a local level, we have Paws Chicago, which is the um, local charity partner for the James Hotel in Chicago. Okay. And then if you are a an environmentalist type, um, you'll find the Arbor Day Foundation on the platform. And then for um, our more community, um, oh, you also have Project Aware, which is also focused on um, empowering uh, scuba divers to help clean up the ocean. Love that. I'm a scuba yeah, diver. Yes, I know. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Have you heard of Project Aware? No. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll have to check them out. Um, they're, uh, Where are they based out of? They are in Orange County. Okay. And... Um, the founder of Patty created yeah. it. Oh, yeah, really? and so they have it in all of the Patty locations. Okay, and maybe I have heard of this. Then, yeah, you can become like a aware certified diver, and uh, they they pick up trash from the ocean. They report it, and since they've been um, doing their work, they've cr- collected like like tons of trash yeah, trash essentially it's so like, disheartening every time i go yeah. it's like oh, like plastic. literally tons yeah. tons like and so um their work is very very important and um and then on the the more the community space um we ha- kind of have that broken down between the american red cross um salvation army uh we also have little kids rock on there and the uh world food program usa is on there kind of focusing on hunger so Every, all the charities are kind of broken up between hunger, uh, education, children, disaster relief, uh, wildlife, and, and animal welfare and the environment. So now when you take a vacation just for yourself, mm-hmm. if you don't like give back in some way, do you feel guilty in a way? It's like, oh, I should be doing something while I'm here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like it's because, you know, I've been like living and breathing and I think it's just kind of part of who who I am that, yeah, I mean, I... I really see and feel a disconnect. And I don't think it's more of a guilt thing. I think it, it it's more in the form of that I know that it's actually scientifically proving, proven that giving in the form of a donation or volunteering makes you actually feel happy. It changes the brain chemistry in your brain to make you feel happier, which also reduces stress and makes you feel a greater sense of gratitude. So I think there's this desire for people to feel more connected um, in a deeper, more meaningful, fulfilling way. And that's one certainly one of the ways that you can create that connection and just 
help people feel like they're having a more holistic experience and that they are completely fulfilled. <laughs> and that that's really what we're, we're trying to do is create that feeling and that desire that, you know, maybe they'll want to do more after that. You know, maybe they, they experience it, use our site, get to learn a little bit about the charity, and then maybe they want to take it to another level and become a volunteer or get involved in a deeper way. What's it like being a CEO and hiring people and staff? Yeah. Were you new to that? Was that yeah. like a well, tough thing to get used to? Well, I mean, I'm not new to it. I, I think I mentioned I started my career as an educator. and So it's, <laughs> so it's like dealing with children? Yeah, high schoolers. <laughs> oh, you taught high school? Yeah. Oh, God bless you. Yeah. You, oh. <laughs> Yeah, middle and high school. Ooh, um, boy. You know, I'd have 130 students at one time. Middle school? Yeah. Ah, the worst age ever. <laughs> yeah. It was challenging, but... Um, well, you can handle anything now. So I think that definitely, like, it, it, grew, it makes you grow up a little bit. And then working um, with the different publications I've worked with over the years as a sales director and associate publisher, I was doing a lot of hiring and firing um, in that space. So that wasn't, you know, a new thing for me now. Um, but now I feel like it's just a much more organic process. Like I feel like we put it out there that we're looking for this type of talent and this type of person, and then they kind of find us. That's great. And that's really how it's practically happened with almost everybody on our team. And we've just also attracted some amazing interns. We have internship programs with UCLA, um, USC, Cal State Long Beach. And uh, a big part of our team has come from this intern talent that they end up like renewing their internship a second quarter. And then they most of them are still working with us today. Um, that started as interns. There's like three of them. Yeah. So it's that has been another part of our strategy that I think maybe from working with students in the past, I feel like I, I just, I really enjoy, even though it's a little extra work, um, creating curriculums and just providing that extra education is, is kind of part of who I am. So, um, I, I found like a little, a little niche there perhaps. No, that's terrific. So the big launch is August 2nd Mm -hmm. and, uh, can people check out the website before it or it's, that's going to be, August 2nd is the first they can see it. Yeah, okay. August 2nd, it will be live to the public. Uh, so uh, so people hold off booking <laughs> your stuff until August 2nd. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, I wanted to mention too on the education side that that's also a really big part of what we're doing. Um, a whole other initiative of the site is our blog and our educational platform that we've built. So we're not just trying to kind of funnel donations, but rather really teach people like, why do these causes matter? Why did, why should they care? Um, what kind of impact have these charities made and really, you know, provide a deeper view into why they would actually give their dollars, their donation dollars to a particular cause. And we're trying to connect people, help people find a cause that they're passionate about. Because ultimately, it's, it comes from a pl- it needs to come from a place of passion. So yeah, yeah. We, we ask people on the site, like, what's your favorite cause? And then we break up all the causes. <laughs> you know, there's like 12 of them. Well, this is what I worry about sometimes in terms of charities. And when I've given to stuff and I've done benefits mm-hmm. and, and things like that and hosted shows and done things for them, um, done like a, I did a charity golf tournament. Uh, for some people. And then you find out in the news that uh, somebody, you know, 
like the executives were getting paid mm-hmm. six figures. The money wasn't going to who it should be going mm-hmm. to, or yeah, you know, sure, quote yeah. unquote administrative costs, or we're soaking That's up ninety eight percent. Do you do you screen these? We before? do. Okay, so yeah, so we have a, a system in place uh, for our global charities uh, where we only work with top performing charities, and the way we identify them as top performing is we use a site called. Charity Navigator and GuideStar, and these are public platforms that um, report on the the analytics of each charity. And to work with Kind Traveler, you have to have at least four stars on Charity Navigator, which means that I think it's something like 85% of the dollars go to the cause versus the administration fees. And so trust is certainly a factor in this space, so we want to assure people that you know all of our global charities have been vetted. Another thing is that they have to be a humane charity. They can't be funneling dollars. This is more so in the um, health space and cancer research space, but um, we don't support charities that are funneling uh, dollars towards medical research that like touch animal on animals. Mm-hmm. And you see that a lot with uh, charities that are supporting different cancer causes. Um, but technology has advanced so much that it's actually proven that um, you get more reliable results when you, when you don't use animals than um, when you do. So it's just about – it takes a lot of money for these organizations to move to the new systems. Um, but because animal welfare is a core pillar of what we're doing, it would obviously create conflict. So we've really thought about all the different ways that these causes kind of work together and why they're all important in their own way. Well, I'm going to get really square and boring here okay. and be the accountant. And uh, okay. a lot of people, when they give to charity, they want to know if there's a receipt they can use for their taxes oh, or okay. whatever. Sure. So does, yeah. the, does the site have something that – and instantly they'll give a some kind of – uh, proof that so he, they gave? Yeah, so they'll definitely get a, a donation receipt. Um, however, because there's there's a law that says that um, if you get something back that is of equal or greater value for your donation, it is not um, tax-exempt, essentially. Okay. So um, you will not get any sort of credit or it won't be a tax Your credit break. is the break on the price yeah, of the hotel. Yeah, because you're getting um, at least, you know, the minimum dollars off that you'll get back is $20, and it could be up to 30 or $40. So it doesn't really qualify to meet those standards. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's, okay. Well, now that we – so August 2nd, mm-hmm. the, the website is the kind, tra- the kind Traveler or and, Kind Traveler? No, it's just Kind Traveler. KindTraveler.com. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, yeah. now that we've got all the business out of the way, <laughs> let's dive deeper into Jessica. Okay. That sounded really weird. <laughs> but uh, you're from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, had you – before you went to Arizona State – I'm going way back here. Okay. Uh, had you visited it before or you just saw a photo of it and was like, I'm going to school there? You heard about it. Yep, I pretty I'm getting much as far away from Pittsburgh. Pretty, it? pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I had some good times in Pittsburgh. I, Pittsburgh's not. I bad. had been to Arizona, but not to Arizona State. So my dad, I have an uncle that lives in Colorado, um, and my dad would take me um, skiing in, in the Rockies um, when I was in high school, and that was like a really big deal for somebody, you know. In no, Pittsburgh I know. To, I'm from Illinois. Believe to me, go to go see a mountain in Colorado. Um, so, uh, I, I, I definitely got this zest for the West, you could say. <laughs> um, I just, I, I love the big mountains. I love like this idea of being like just West and I didn't really care where it was. I just knew 
that I wanted to be in the West. And I love, we did a road trip once through Arizona. We went to Lake Powell up in Utah and Arizona border. And I just kind of fell in love with it. We, we were also spent some time in California on, uh, there on a road trip as well, but it was very brief. And uh, when I started looking at schools, it, yeah, it really was. I, I, I got a brochure, and <laughs> it was like Arizona State had all this Frank Lloyd Wright architecture. So the buildings are pink and purple, built like beautiful <laughs> modern architecture. You don't see anything like that in Pittsburgh. There's not like that type of architecture there right. in abundance, at least. And there's just something about the weather and the the palm trees it just looked like the most beautiful place I'd ever <laughs> seen. And I was like, I want to go there. <laughs> and I was paying for my own education. So, so you got to go out of state. That's not easy. Well, yeah. Um, but I was just, you know, if, if, if I was going to take out my own student loans, then I, I just said, you know, I want to go somewhere that I am really excited about. Yeah. You didn't want to be paying off uh, Duquesne for the next, uh, <laughs> for the next 30 years or whatever. Not particularly. <laughs> right. I mean, if I'm paying for no it. No offense to the Duquesne people. Um, but uh, yeah. So that must have, what was your first reaction when you got out there? Did you just like, did you feel like at home so instantly? It, it was kind of interesting. So, um, right around that same time, my dad decided that he wanted to move out west. Oh, and so how he, convenient. He found a job actually in Orange County, and it was school was about to start three months, and you know, it was the summer before school was starting in Arizona. And so he and I actually um, drove out together in a U-Haul truck across the country. (laughs) I was 19. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I lived in Orange County for three months, a brief, very brief period. Um, My dad's still, he's in San Diego now, so he's still there. Did he tell you that before you committed to Arizona State? That you could have gone to somewhere in California? He couldn't nope. claim residency and everything. He didn't tell me that. My my way to leave that out, Dad. Well, he didn't know. I mean, I think it came <laughs> about very quickly. I right, mean, it was right. just like he was ready to move. He, he just was decided, done. like, I'm just, I'm going to do it. He'd been thinking about it. Yeah, he was I mean, waiting for you to get out of. After, were you the youngest? I was the only. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, they were, they were just like, ah, when is she going to get out? I mean, and we had done, you know, quite some traveling on the right. west. So I think we both mutually had this just desire and this love, this passion for it. And I, I figured, you know, if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? Like, I might never. And so... That's I a just, bonding road trip. It really was. I had, like, a little cassette tapes, like, the Eagles. Ah. Like, I had the Eagles oh, his playing. Music. And, that was my music, <laughs> okay, actually. <good>. Okay. <laughs> but he loved it, too, of course. It's so California. You're getting into, like, we're going to play some Eagles. Hotel uh, California. Yeah, right. yep. You're just, like, cruising across the desert, uh-huh. not knowing what's ahead of you, like, scared out of your mind, but just knowing right. that it's all going to work out. <laughs> And then you so, went uh, from there to San Diego, or well, Orange County, and then San Orange Diego. County to Arizona. So well, no, well, I mean, you went after school. Yeah, so four after, years. Did you do four years? I did four years oh, at ASU, at and okay. then I stayed and I went to um, a school called Ottawa University for two years. I got my master's okay. in education. Ottawa. Yeah, it's called Ottawa University. It's actually out of Kansas, and they have like a branch campus. And it was like I, I really just I, I wanted to get my master's in education, and it was kind of like a door open for me to go right when I was done. And I was like, oh, I want to go there. Okay. So I just like wanted. To get it. And that was their branch was in Orange County, Arizona. Oh, it was in Arizona. It so you in, stayed in Arizona two extra in Arizona. years. Okay. Yeah, for two extra years. I actually yeah. taught in Arizona in Scottsdale at uh, Desert Mountain High School 
for a year while I was getting my master's. Okay. Um, I taught earth science. Earth science? Yeah, because I was a biology major okay. in, uh, at Arizona State. So I taught earth science for um, a year there and then um, a year in San Diego. Well, the best part about Arizona State, nobody parties or goes out at no, all. No, ever. no. It is uh, one of the yeah, most... very strict. <laughs> very... Strict. Proper campus. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can't imagine. Can't even imagine. Uh, yeah. yeah. I used to sit in freezing in DeKalb, Illinois, wondering like... Is that what? where you went to school? Yeah. Yeah. Wondering where... Uh, Northern Illinois. Yeah. Wondering what it would have been yeah. like if you went Watching to Watching the snowfall, <laughs> just going, God, Arizona State sounds... Because a friend of mine did go there. Oh, really? And we visited, yeah, after. You know, and uh, this is going to sound... You're not going to believe me when I say this, but I honestly did not know that it was like ranked the number one party school <laughs> until I got there. Uh-huh. I swear and then everybody let you know quickly, didn't I they? Swear, and I was like, really? I'm like, is that true? <laughs> and I did. I like read it somewhere and I honestly, I, I know you probably don't believe me, but I swear to you, I did not know that information. I was strictly going off of like, I love the aesthetics. Right. Like this is beautiful. It's the change. It was an escape for me. I do notice the academics didn't come up in any of your... Uh... Your research. What do you mean? Like when you were studying schools, you were like, oh, I like the buildings. I like the desert. Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright is nice. At that but time of like, my life. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. Hey, believe me. I went, went anywhere where it would have me. Um, so you came out. San Diego. How long did you live in San Diego? I was there for about five years. Yeah. San Diego is an odd place. It's like it's beautiful, of course. Best oh, weather yeah. in the country. I loved it. Um, but it's uh, – I try to describe it to people. It, it's, it's, it's smaller. Uh, it's certainly smaller than L.A. It's like a, a little yeah. over a million, right? I think there's like, like one, close to maybe three million, actually. No. Is it that big? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Really? I think so. Yeah. Um, well, regardless, it's, it's just like – but it's 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 – Divvied up, there's like the old kind of surfer people, and then there's the, uh, the military, like the it's Navy. It's a big, it's more conservative, definitely, than I, I think lived, a lot of California. Yeah. No, I think so too. I, I, the whole time I was there, I lived in downtown San Diego, and I lived in East Village for part of the time, and then in Little Italy. And I just felt like that was the best place I could have lived. I mean, I just absolutely, I could, you know, it was a $5 taxi to anywhere I wanted to go. <laughs> I walked to work most of the time because I would live really close to the office. I mean, I just had this like very casual, um, easy, like uh, no traffic ever. There's no, no commuting. It was just, everything was very simple. And there was something I loved about that in San Diego. Okay. For, for travel purposes for people listening who want to go, give us your uh, restaurant recommendation for San Diego. Well, see, because I haven't lived there since 2008, it's, that's a little tricky because, you know, restaurants... Best taco? Come and about- go. Uh, well... Uh, since I live there, I've also become vegan. So, uh, <laughs> but I do know what the best fish taco okay. place is, and it's and I'm blanking on the name, but it's um it's in downtown San Diego. It's right there, um along the water it, next to the ballpark, it, right across the street from the Hard Rock Hotel. So if you're at the Hard Rock and you walk across the street, it's okay. right. There. I've been there for ball games. Yeah, and it's been there forever. This taco place, and of course they have vegetarian tacos too. But, <laughs> um, but they, but they are known for their tacos. Okay. In, in downtown San Diego, vegan. How long have you done that? Uh, That's so, tough. Yeah, it's been about four or five years now. Really? Yeah. Stuck with it. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, living in LA, it's not. 
It's as not. Tough. Hard, it's not it's hard tough when in you go LA. back to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely. But Pomani Brothers. Yeah, Pomani Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, no Pomani Brothers. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> you know, I was never. I was never a big meat eater. In fact, I gave up eating red meat when I was eighteen. Oh, okay. And so it was kind of a gradual change. I don't think I ever really enjoyed eating meat. Like when I would sit at the dinner table with my family, I could never finish it, and they would force me to, sometimes to finish it, and I just hated that. I. I I never like truly enjoyed it. And then when I started getting really into animal rescue and volunteering, somebody said to me, well, you know, that if you really want to help animals, the biggest way you can help them is to stop eating them. And that just kind of like hit home for me. Like after that, I, 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 I couldn't stop thinking about it. And then right around the same time, I had a girlfriend who was a ghost writer for the Skinny Bitch uh, book series, which is all about vegan lifestyle. She handed me a book. And I got this like inside tour of, uh, you know, what kind of goes on in a factory farm. And after that, I was like, I just, I couldn't even stomach the thought of, of supporting that industry. And it kind of ties in with Kind Traveler, like our, one of our core pillars is animal welfare. So you kind of have to li- live what you speak. Yeah. Well, you have to get creative cooking, too, unless you want to eat the same thing over and over again. And, you know, the first couple of years were challenging, but there's so many amazing cookbooks. I mean, Forks Over Knives, um, they have a documentary and a cookbook series. And you can literally turn to any single page in the cookbook and make it, and your mind will be blown. I mean, once you kind of get used to, like, your core things and what you can do, you don't feel limited in any way. And there's so many vegan food brands out there. Yeah. I mean, cheeses, milks. Uh, mayonnaise. I mean, everything is vegan now. I mean, again, here that's easy, but traveling but traveling stores. can be tough, though, especially like in Central America and South America, where it's just meat, Bean, meat, meat, beans, meat, beans, rice, beans, beans rice, rice, and vegetables. Yeah, quinoa. cheese. Well, here's the thing: like quinoa has uh, more protein in it than you know a piece of chicken. So uh, one cup of protein. So if you can get access to you know and beans as well, and mm-hmm. greens have a ton of protein, so you can eat in these places. You just you know you might you just have to be selective. Yeah, the toughest thing is when they're cooking. You get you don't yeah. know what they're cooking with, like eggs yeah. or something or or whatever milk or. Yeah, it can one. be tricky. We actually have a column on uh, our blog uh, written by a girl. Um, her name is Kim Kessler. She's actually the PR director of the Four Seasons, and she's vegan. And she is writing a column called The Vegan Travelista. <laughs> and so she travels all around. Like she did a story called Vegan Dining in Croatia. And she just gives like all these ideas in restaurants that are doing vegan food. And it really is a movement that's happening across all industries where chefs realize that like this is a growing segment. Like people care about their health. They care about animals. They care about the environment. And one of the biggest ways that you can care about all three is by going vegan. I have so. uh, I have uh, eaten at the, the vegan one down the crossroads down oh, here. Yes. So good. I, Love crossroads. Well, I've taken people kitchen. there and not told them that it was oh, vegan. Yes, yeah, and that's well, a great way to like sneak. You know, I said I would I say halfway that. through the meal. I, I love said, it. You realize this is all vegan. They're like, what? I love that, and that's so smart because they don't actually say anywhere on their menu that they are vegan, right? Or like you know, plant based or anything like because they they use that sort of same strategy <laughs> yeah. where it's just about good food. It's not about you know vegan or not vegan. It's just like eat good food and that's what people want so let's give a uh, bullet pl- of all the places you've been i don't mm-hmm. know how many i'm sure it's a, a number of countries uh give me your f- your your top favorites 
uh, where you've been and that you always recommend people to go to mm-hmm. and your top ones where you want to go on your bucket list. Yeah. Okay. So last year I, um, I did a press trip with the tourism board um, in Northern Ireland mm-hmm. and I was there with 10 other journalists. I was the uh, one, there was only one other person from the U S so it was like the United Nations. Like everyone was from a different country and I just, I love traveling so much that way because like we all have this passion for writing and photography. And so with those types of people, you tend to get really inquisitive minds and, um, and of course, traveling with the tourism board, they're, they're there to just show you the absolute best yeah. of everything. And I fell in love with Northern Ireland. We, we flew into Belfast. Yeah, I was just there a couple, a uh, year and a half ago. Really? Took my mom there. Yeah. Uh, did you love it? Yeah, it was great. Well, we went to Belfast and the Giant's Causeway and oh, stuff. Yeah. We uh-huh. drove. That's what we did. Yeah. I rented a car and nice. drove Miss Daisy around for Yeah, for I 10 love days. it. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. We were actually on the Game of Thrones tour. Ah, see, my friend just did that. Oh, no way. And I'm a big fan of the show, oh, but nice. uh, my mom wouldn't have done it. So yeah. I, I would have gone, though. I'm <laughs> so a we nerd got to with see that. like all the famous filming locations and I, I just talked to somebody uh, when I just in Europe they know somebody who lives up there in Belfast and they said like every one of their friends have been extras oh yeah uh, I'm sure just, like they, they need so many people you know? uh, I'm sure yeah so we got it was kind of split between the Game of Thrones tour and then you know the road trip up the coast to the Giants Causeway and then stopping at all the little towns in between and there's just something just even in Belfast like going to the Irish pubs and you know you go into a pub in the middle of the day and and, you know, there's an old man just drinking his Guinness, and that's just totally normal. And that's then, lunch. That's Basically. lunch, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, like at night, um, this happened a couple different times where um, these, like, uh, fiddle groups would just sort of break out their instruments and just start playing. And it's just this this sort of classic, traditional um music that has been a part of their history for hundreds of years and it's still a big part of their culture today and just seeing all that and the people are so friendly and their whole attitude towards life they're all so very <laughs> spiritual people and uh, you know they, they they're all they all love their beer and it's just <laughs> it's just a fun like I want, I want to come back like I just want to like did you go to the rest of Ireland? Some... no oh you didn't no oh you gotta you gotta do that I know yeah Southern Ireland's next so yeah. So that was just a standout. Actually, it's, it's just Ireland. It's just, yeah. yeah. Don't call it Southern Ireland. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but the, they, yeah, it, it's definitely distinct, though. Um, and so so that is a place I would definitely recommend going. Um, it's just the culture, the the simplicity, the, you know, the sheep grazing everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, no, you won't see any highways, no freeways. Like, it's just... So simple, uh, and then so wait, what was the other question? Your dream list. Where, oh, uh, dream list. Yeah. Where do you? Where have you been wanting to go forever, and you, you still got to go? Yeah, there's there's so many places to be honest, and and to be completely honest, because I've been in a startup for four years now, I have not been able to do the kind of traveling that. I, I would would want to do. I mean, even as a tra- even as a travel writer, and that was you know part of the reason we built the platform was because we didn't want to just travel to travel and like take pictures for our own you know for Facebook. Like we we just we wanted like a deeper deeper connection. We we're just searching for that. So like when we started thinking about well, what do you want to do with your life? Like the the dream vision was to travel and somehow. 
benefit the communities that you're traveling to. So it's not just this selfish experience. Well, the good part is you can do that and you can at least uh, write it off as business. Yeah. I so mean, you go there and you uh, do a little business and then you... Yeah, well, going forward, yeah. Like, we're, we'll be visiting <laughs> with our local charities. You're meeting clients. And, we'll have, yeah. you know, put these partnerships together and we'll be, you know, getting our hands dirty with volunteer work with them. And that, that, that kind of travel is is what I'm looking forward to doing more of. But I've, I've had to say no to quite a few trips of, with friends and mm-hmm. opportunities over the years that... You know, I otherwise would have loved to have done, whether it was, you know, for financial reasons or because of time. Yeah. But you're young. You have plenty of, I mean, you'll have you know, plenty of time just, to do um, all this. But, um, but I – and this is – this isn't like, you know, that unattainable to do, but a place that I just – and I think it goes back to my love for animals and specifically farm animals – um, there's a place in the Bahamas called the Exuma Cays, mm-hmm. and it's one of the only places in the world where, like, there's Oh, the this... pigs go... Yeah. My friend the... just went there. Really? Is it Daniel Key, or... Um... It's Exuma Cay is the name of it. Uh, Exumas, yeah. But she, yeah, the pigs come out, and you feed them in the water. Yeah, and... the, yeah, the yeah. floating pigs, or, you know, the <laughs> swimming pigs, rather. Um, but they live on this colony, um, in this in this little colony, and they're, like, the happiest pigs in the world. <laughs> like, the way that pigs are supposed to live. You know, right. they, they live on this island. They get fed all the time. They, they're living better than we are. They swim <laughs> in the Caribbean. And, it's not a bad life. Yeah, there's just something about, like, all of that. Because I, I love snorkeling and diving as well. And just, I love the Caribbean and I, I, the idea of just connecting with these animals. Because a lot of the work that we're doing is advocating for farm animals. And it's also why a reason that some become vegan. So, for me, it's, it'd be like connecting with these animals and, and seeing them, like, this creature, the happiest, that <laughs> the, you know, the happiest pigs in the world. <laughs> What's been your favorite uh, dive spot so far dive experience uh so uh so I, I went to maui with my dad um about gosh it was like 10 years ago probably now and that that was pretty amazing um i i haven't i haven't actually scuba dived in like a lot of places it's been mostly snorkeling i actually got my certification when i was in pittsburgh yeah, oh really in in a, a, at a in lake a swimming pool right <laughs> <laughs> right, and then I I went to a lake. Yeah, that's where you actually have to go. Yeah, the to open get, water. The, I went to a lake in Wisconsin. I couldn't oh, even did? see no, my hand in front of my face. Anything and Nothing. and to be honest, it was like it was not the most pleasant of experiences. But I knew that eventually one day, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll get to like do more of that. But it was just sort of just to have your certification. Of course, I probably have to renew it by now because that was ages ago. Right, but. That's um, funny. Yeah, another standout place I, I went to about four years ago now was the British Virgin Islands. Oh, yeah. Um, I was just there uh, on a cruise. Oh, were you? Yeah. yeah. So uh, Virgin Gorda mm-hmm. is uh, where they have the baths. Did you go to the baths? I didn't go to the baths. I ended up just having a uh, – I met some friends of friends down there, and we had lunch. And, oh, you know, so nice. Again, with cruises, you got seven hours. You know, to see everything, you know, that's yeah. another drag. Of yeah. Some, you know, so. Yeah. Got to get back to the ship. and like, really? Yeah, I, I know. Richard Branson knows what's up by, you know, <laughs> yeah. having his Necker Eilish down there. Like, he's, like, literally not far from Virgin Gorda. In fact, we drove by, ne- uh, on, or cruised by them. We were on a little speedboat 
um, when we were on Virgin Gordo, we went past Necker Island, and I was like, ah, oh, he, he knows what's up. <laughs> yeah, you, you're friends with Virgin. We got to get we're hook pals. that up. Let's, let me go to the Kind Traveler and hook up that house. <laughs> right, that's gotta be awesome. It's like future dream wish list, oh. right? And then one of his rocket rides or whatever he's gonna be doing. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with that initiative, <laughs> but. <laughs> um. So. Uh, Thank you for coming. Oh, I mean, thank it, you so much you, for I know we got to get you out back out in traffic and all the way up to uh, Topanga. I know. Well, thank you so so much for having me. It was just it was such a pleasure to talk with you. No, it was I know great. I'm glad you could make it. We've been trying to get together for a while now, so yeah, I, I really am so glad we finally were able to to sync up. Uh, give us a one restaurant recommendation for, in Topanga. That is challenging because there are only about. Four restaurants. There's that end of the all. seventh ray, yeah, right? That, that would be my recommendation. Okay, I'd, yeah, it's called in of the driven by it a bunch ray. of times. Um, in fact, they do have a um, a vegan brunch on Sundays. I think it's Saturdays and Sundays. But one of the, and, and a regular brunch mm-hmm. um, that's not vegan. But one of the coolest things about that place is that it's alongside a stream. And so, you know, the stream is in the background. You're completely in the wilderness. And there's this really cute little gift shop, uh, sort of new agey gift shop next to it. And uh, if you're going to come up and do that and then uh, go on, there's tons of great hiking uh, to explore all throughout Topanga. Um, Topanga is actually the largest wildland area within the confines of a major city in the entire world. Because it's considered, is it still considered City of L.A.? It is considered City of L.A. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It seems and so far away. It does. <laughs> but it has like the most protected park area within a, the confines of a city in the entire world, which I think is fascinating. Well, that's great. Yeah. So, yeah. And of the Sun Ray, hiking. And then there's also this um, outdoor theater the, the, the theater uh, botanicum i believe and they also only in the summers they have um matinees on saturdays and sundays like plays plays or, okay yeah not so, like they have music as well like bands and stuff or they well it's a theater it, theater it's, it's really like old actors school, it's in the like whole... old school theater so it's like romeo and juliet it's oh, all wow. like it's all okay. like the, the classics old, the classics okay yeah i didn't see i didn't know that mm-hmm Right. Yeah, it's a Good whole enough. little daycation. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, so uh, it's kindtraveler.com, mm-hmm. August 2nd. Yes. And anybody can go and then uh, can sign up and they get on. Uh, can they subscribe in a way? or You can actually subscribe right now. Um, if you go to kindtraveler.com, you can subscribe to our e-news right now. And so you'll get a newsletter once the site goes live. And then in that newsletter will also be the mega giveaway that we're, we're doing um, when the site goes live. Okay. So that's probably the best way to just stay in tune. If you want to be sort of the first notified when the site is live, it would be to get on the newsletter well that's great and you can also join our social channels you know facebook yeah. instagram twitter what okay and it's kind traveler on all those platforms well it, on facebook it's kind traveler official instagram it's just kind traveler and then twitter it's kind underscore traveler okay <laughs> i know, I know. <laughs> did you try to get it we, we were still trying tra- we're, okay we're still trying it's yeah like, hey man give up that name i know it's it's there's like one tweet by somebody from like a fish concert like seven years ago oh, and, and he took it yeah and, and and it's been abandoned since and we've been trying to but i think once our site is live then we'll have more negotiating power from a fish <laughs> concert <laughs> That's just perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> of course travel. they're a kind of course traveler. It is. Of course it is. Um, well, thank you for coming. And thank you. Finally, like to leave people on something. If you have a message that, I don't know, if you think 
as travelers, I mean, what do you think travel has given you in your life, and uh, what do you, how do you think it's changed you as a person, and how you look at the world? You're asking me or your audience? You. Oh, well, uh, it has certainly uh, instilled this this desire and just this this message of kindness that has completely become a part of my my life's work um and being able to kind of get in touch with how being kind makes me feel personally um when I'm volunteering specifically um giving back um I've been able to you know kind of connect the dots between travel and this 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 passion I have to give back and unite the two together so that's something that you know if I if maybe if I hadn't traveled or if I hadn't volunteered I, I wouldn't have been able to connect this thing that just absolutely like feeds my soul and sparks my passion from every level so so travel was the catalyst for all this it was it was travel and it was volunteering it was those two things that um, that really sparked um, this desire to connect the two obviously and and volunteering doesn't have to be a big lifelong commitment it can literally be just you know sign up to help your local animal rescue at the adoption fair on Sunday and maybe you can't do it every Sunday but maybe you do it one Sunday a month like it can be you can start small many people think that they have to have time and oh where am I going to get the time I'm already so busy but it can really just be a very small thing that you do to start the process and see how you feel. Chances are you're going to feel uh, a lot more balanced knowing that, you know, you've, you've set some time to, to give back in a meaningful way. It kind of, it fills up your, your heart in a way that um, makes a big difference in your life and into the lives of those you help. No, that's great. Well, you've inspired me. Oh, and hopefully you. you'll inspire others. Kindtraveler.com. Thank you, I Jessica. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mike. I know that you feel better when you send us in your letter and tell us.